This is episode number 19 with Dr. Linda Brown. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 19 of She Runs the Show. If you are listening for the first time, I just want to let you know what She Runs the Show is all about. This is a podcast that is designed for women entrepreneurs who want to create businesses that thrive and relationships that rock, and essentially to have both, because you know what? We can. So in today's episode, it is a continuation of the discussion that I was having with Dr. Deb Payne in episode number 18. So if you didn't listen to episode number 18, take a listen because Dr. Deb and Dr. Linda, who I'm talking to today, they wrote a book called Seduna's Solutions. And so in episode number 18, Dr. Deb and I talk about how to reclaim joy, especially after loss. And in today's episode, I talked to Dr. Linda Brown about how to be yourself in a world that would prefer that you be everything else. We also talk about How do you really go deep and face not only your fears, but your limiting beliefs? How do you get naked with your beliefs and the things that are holding you back on the inside? So today is a great interview. I certainly want you to listen to the whole thing. Dr. Deb and Dr. Linda have done a great job. And it's just really about getting real and being okay with the fact that you're not perfect and that things will work out and that you have a right to be happy right now, you know, happy before the stuff and before the wealth and before the business takes off. Like you can be happy in this moment. And I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of what Dr. Linda and Dr. Deb are teaching. So let's get down to business because today, episode 19, I am talking to Dr. Linda Brown. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Cassandra Bibe is here, your fear to fuel expert and life transitions coach. We have got an exciting episode today. So if you listened to yesterday's episode, and if you didn't, go back and listen because this is part two today. But if you listen to yesterday's episode, we brought on Dr. Deb Payne. And she and Dr. Linda Brown, who is here with us today, are the founders and the authors of Sedona Solutions, Connecting to Your Inner Abundance. And so we talked about a lot of things with Dr. Deb yesterday. We talked about reclaiming joy and working through tough stuff and managing and moving through difficult times and really how to change your story. How do you happily move on? And so today, as we continue Part B of this, I want to dive in a little bit deeper with Dr. Linda about How do we feel better after loss? As women entrepreneurs, we've got a lot on our plates. We have families and financial responsibilities and our own self-care. And when we're going through major life transitions, it can be really difficult to find harmony among all those things. And then if you add to that any kind of a loss or any kind of a what I call a life curveball, it can be pretty tough. And so I want to bring on Dr. Linda so we can sort of talk about how do you, on a on a really deep level, be a beginner throughout your whole life, learn how to grieve but move through it, and really reclaim the joy that's within and connect to that inner abundance. So welcome, Dr. Linda. How are you? 
Good, Howard. Thank you, Cassandra. I appreciate having this conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. You know, it was interesting when I talked to Deb. She um, she mentioned how, and I want you to sort of comment on this because I'd like your take on how you two uh, came together to write this book. She talked about how she usually goes to conferences and she doesn't talk to anybody and um, and she just kind of goes to them and she's not the most outgoing person in the world but for whatever reason the place where you guys met it was like it was divine timing you just sort of connected and it was this connection instantaneously and then from that first meeting Sedona Solutions and, and everything else has come about tell me how did you find sort of connecting with Dr. Depp? Well, I think that's an interesting question, Cassandra, because that's going to kind of hook on a lot of things that uh, I think we'll talk about today. And uh, well, first of all, um, I was desperate to talk to somebody at that point, and and um, I, it was the first time I was there, and uh, I was just open to it, and I had this feeling of connection before we even spoke. It's really kind of a strange way to to describe it. But once we started talking about uh, different um, ideas and life plans, it just kind of flowed like a, a rushing stream down to the lake, you know, and uh, and and it just happened from then. So it was a, uh, I call it divine province because that flow came in and I didn't block it. And I think that's the problem that we have in life often is opportunity is all around us, but for whatever reason, we, we throw up the barriers, you know, we climb into our little box. Yes. And, and tell me a little bit about that because I, I agree with you. We do, block our blessings or, or put up barriers to our abundance, if, if we don't even know that we're doing that, how do we start to become aware so that we don't block or miss out on opportunities? Well, I, and that's, I think that's a core question. So um, what constitutes a block? Let's start from there. And often I think it's our expectations. It's expectations of the way we think life should go, the way people should react to us, uh, expectations about what people should do for us or how they should act or how they should respond to us. And in those expectations, we and we put blinders on. You know, look at the horse with the blinders. We can't see where there's opportunity and abundance of, for things that we've never thought of. And um, it's our expectations where people disappoint us or things don't look like we thought they should look like. But really, um, that those narrow pictures of expectations are often um, pictures that we've carried around for uh, a lifetime. And we don't stop and ask ourselves, you know, is this even applicable anymore? Is this is this going to benefit us anymore? You know, um, like when you're a, a young girl and you have a best friend, and I just have to have a best friend, and you know, my my BFF and I will. And when you get older, you you can open yourself up to many different types of people um, because you can appreciate one thing in one person. 
and something different and another person and it and that expectation that one person is going to fulfill all your needs um, in reality as mature self isn't isn't very viable and so when we take our expectations and paint a narrow picture and don't allow or open ourselves up to many different ways that things can be done or conceived or people we can meet, um, then we block ourselves. So from that, then the answer would be to be careful about our expectations and the pictures we put in our head and open those pictures up. Absolutely. And do you think, I mean, because you've had so many experiences from, from being a stay-at-home mom to a business owner to a college administrator. I'm, I'm curious because as a woman entrepreneur, one of the things that I struggle with is the difference between expectation and having standards, right? So you have a business and you, you have certain revenue goals and profit goals. And, you know, you say, well, how do I measure my goals if I don't have a certain expectation of what I'm going to make or what I'm going to do? But I think... There's a difference between expectation and having a standard. How do how do women know the difference between um, expectation where, you know, you expect people to show up in a certain way and having standards about how you take care of yourself, how you live your life? How, how do we differentiate between those two? Well, I think a fundamental difference is that when you have standards, then um, that's about you and it's about what you can achieve and so you're relying on yourself. When you have expectations, you're really relying on others to do for you. Mm-hmm. And and we know that's dicey, right? Yes, yes. Very dicey. And so just like you can't change anyone, um, you can provide examples, but you can't make someone. And so when you have standards, you fulfill your standards. And, you know, it's the standards that you create Um, and expectations, whether it's for you or of you, um, someone else can create them for you or they have to fulfill them for you. And then you're in a whole other realm. Exactly. Exactly. So what do you say to the woman who may have set up some relationship dynamics where, a lot of it was based on expectations of other people. Like, I expect you to show up this way. I expect you to be this person. I'm banking on your potential becoming actual. And they find themselves very stuck because none of their expectations are becoming realized. How do you dig out of that hole? Well, when uh, I was a professor teaching interpersonal communication, uh, I, I focused a lot on helping uh, students, and particularly women, um, be uh, with assertiveness training. Okay. So, no, we can't change someone, but we can move out of a passive-aggressive mode and become assertive. So the formula for assertiveness is three parts. And what I uh, used to emphasize to my students is that our language sets up emotions, which sets up reactions, right? Mm -hmm. And so to be assertive, not aggressive, we have to talk about our perceptions and our needs and not do the finger pointing you. You, mm. you were late. 
you know, that word. Doesn't it sound like a finger pointing? It does. You can just feel it. Yes. And so the three parts is, first of all, let's take the late example. Okay. So, so you have a, a, a boyfriend, a, a, a lover, a husband, a girlfriend who is always late and you're feeling like they're not considering your time. So, uh, the first part is describe the situation in neutral terms. Okay, we set up a meeting to meet at 2 o'clock, and I sat there till 2.30, and you still didn't show up, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second part is to ex- describe how that situation affects you. When this happens, I feel like you don't respect my time and my, um, my schedule. And the third part of that is to do a future action. Mm. And the future, the reason why you focus on a future action um, is that the tendency is to focus on a past action. Like, you know, this is the fourth time this year, and last year I waited ten times for you. And yeah. uh, we call that gunny sacking. So gunny sack. I've never heard that gunny sacking. That's interesting. Gunny sacking, right? So you take your past hurts and you, you, you know, you throw it under a rug. You stiff it in a bag and a bag and a bag, and all of a sudden it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And you take that bag of past hurts and you hit them over the head with the other person, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and so. It's passive aggressive, right? Because nobody can go back two years ago and correct the wrong. That's right. right. That's right. So, so the third part of being assertive is to say, next time, if you're going to be late, call me right away. And so we can all do something in the future. That's right. We can change our action, but we can't go back in the past and right or wrong. And so really being assertive in your relationships, describing neutrally, not pushing your finger at someone, uh, explaining how that action affects you and to give a future remedy is is the way to, um, you know, create relationships that are more partnerships. Absolutely. Wow. And so now, you know. That sounds a lot like the nonviolent communication model. Mm-hmm. It is, right? Um, and that's yeah. a powerful, powerful model. And how do you see the, how do you stay present to the fact that you don't want to, if, if the initial emotion is to get angry and then gunny sack somebody, mm-hmm. how in the moment do you say, wait a second, let me get present enough to do that in that way? Is it practice? It is, but you know what? I think it's uh, the answer is focus. Okay. And so if I focus on, uh, you know, how I was done wrong, song, mm-hmm. you know, that's the then way. I'm gonna feel bad. Then I'm gonna feel hurtful. Then I'm gonna feel like, well, I'll get back at you. And um, if you if your focus is on um, is this a mountain or is this a molehill, 
Mm-hmm. Is this is this really a big deal? Is this critical or is this just a bump in the road? And so if you focus on discerning how grievous the action is or the wrong is, then you're you're looking at um at it more impassionately. You're separating yourself. You're moving back from the situation. So in the I did wrong song. You're embroiling your emotions in it, which clouds your view, and it pushes you in a direction. When you when you step back and you start looking at the situation um, as as to degrees, then you're you're being more analytical and kind of calming your emotions to set it aside a bit. Uh, so how you how you focus on the situation um, contributes to your thoughts, and it's your thoughts that spur your feelings, exactly. right? Exactly. It's kind of thoughts, feelings, behavior. Mm-hmm. And so bring me to, uh, you know, one of the things that I love about what you and Deb are doing is this idea of connecting back to joy, connecting to your inner abundance, um, even though you may be going through a difficult time. You know, I think a lot of us wait for good things, mm-hmm. like wait for, I, I hear, this is what I hear a lot from women entrepreneurs, I'll work on building my business when I have more time, when I have more money, when the kids go to school, when they grow up, when they graduate from college. As you know, in writing Sedona Solutions, how do you work with this idea of, of stopping the I'm going to wait till when thing and finding joy and abundance and passion now? Well, that's that's the trick, right? And so, and, and again, we're I'm going to kind of go back to focus and expectations. Often, um, and we call it in in our our book the utopia of when. Um, often we have this picture that you know things are going to calm down. I'm going to have all this time, and I'm going to jump in it, and I'm going to make it an instant success, and I can completely focus on it, and I'm going to have everything else done, and it's going to be a perfect opportunity exactly. and um, you know that's Disney right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know that's Disney thinking you know I'm like okay hello wake up <laughs> ain't gonna happen right. <laughs> and and so uh, you know again if we we uh, get rid of that expectation um, that that utopia of when is going to happen someday, and we change our focus to, okay, this idea excites me, and uh, can I do something right now that moves me a centimeter towards it? Can I get excited in exploring, you know, how I can do step one? And and so focusing on any part of the project or the desire or the goal where you can even just, you know, orient yourself in that direction uh, rather than thinking that you're, you're going to be able to get out there and um, uh, get rid of everything you have to do and launch it and be an immediate success. So just taking taking it piece by piece. Absolutely. And just focusing. And, and part of it, too, I think, is choosing to feel good now wherever you are. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And, and the, again, um, I guess I'll do the theme of expectations. And, and that's kind of what I was writing about in the past couple of days where we're starting our next book. Um, and, and so if we, we have to uh, open ourselves up to, you know, the small things that we can place ourselves in, and Eckhart totally calls it, in the power of now. And so joy isn't about big happenings. Joy is feeling good, appreciating something, gratitude. And no matter what we're doing, we, there's always a little something of that that we can find. And we have to make that um, a priority every day to to help us deal with, you know, life situation because blank does happen. That's right. And it, and it does. And, you know, I think this expectation is a big thing because we're in a time where there is um, increased consciousness. But I think a lot of people are taking their consciousness more in the direction of law of the universe. You know, if I send it out there and put it on a vision board and meditate for an hour a day, it's just the universe is going to like bring it to me and put it in my lap. And as much as I love the alchemist and I love the idea that, you know, the universe makes a way for you, I think at times if we're not very clear on being present to what is and being open to what could be, we could get lost in that with false expectations that then become disillusionment. Exactly. And um, I like to call it the vending machine of life. Mm. So I, I put in my quarter. I want that, did that piece of gum to fly up. <laughs> well, I, did, I did it. Now you give it back. You know, I, I give my sister a $20 gift. You're going to give me a $20 gift back on my birthday, honey. See, you know? Exactly. <laughs> this is not a cosmic kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, what the, you know, you mentioned the alchemists and, and a lot of spiritual and new age thinking. And I think... I think what is beneficial for the person who is like grounded in life and say, oh, but I got laundry and dishes and and kids need to be picked up and I got to go to work. And uh, what what all that means is that you can use the idea of pushing aside those to-do lists, those worry lists, those regret lists, enough to open yourself up to the little joys and beauties in everyday life, um, which is a very enlightened concept that can be done every day. I think there there's value there. Absolutely. So you talked about regrets, and I think regrets are a very big thing um, that Women entrepreneurs, I mean, I think everybody deals with regret on some level, but especially women entrepreneurs, there are a number of women who've come to me and they've said, um, I wish I would have started started a business straight out of college, or I wish I wouldn't have stayed at home for 15 years and then gone through a messy divorce and had to rebuild my life, or I wish I would have stayed at home and not missed out on my kids growing up because now they're adults and, you know, I don't get that back. How... Mm-hmm. What do you think of how do you manage your own regrets if you have them? And if you don't have them, how did you get to a place where, you know, you don't look back and go, I wish I would have done that differently? Well, 
I'll answer that in two parts. First of all, I've I've had probably each one of those scenarios. I <laughs> I did I didn't start my biz I did start a business out of college, but I left to have a baby and I stayed home and I got divorced and went back to work and I couldn't stay home with the second one. And yes, there's there's all these regrets because, uh, first of all, the pictures that you have in society puts in your head the way things should go. Mm-hmm. You know, the Beaver Cleaver family yes. uh, concept. Um, and so, you know, the 38 years later, uh, after all the, the young children um, scenario, and I've come to feel peaceful with the idea is that, I really believe that life is a school and things happen the way they're meant to happen. And we, we make those choices in life um, because that's the lessons we need to learn. That's how we are what we are today. And I, you can't regret the person that you are. Um, you have to embrace and love the person that you are like you would love your own baby. Mm. And and the crucial part of that is not making yourself wrong for the past. You have to you have to embrace it, good, bad, or ugly. You have to embrace the past to have peace in the present. Oh, that's powerful. That's super powerful. Yeah, you know, I I what, I heard a quote from a, a movie that said something like, "You have every right to be angry about the past, but you don't have to choose to live there." Right. That's that's it. And so embracing the past doesn't mean you accept um, wrongs done to you or you accept the wrongs that you do to others. You accept the lesson and move forward. Yes. Yes. And what if what if you find yourself repeating the same lessons like, you know, Marion Williamson says life is a spiral. And so if you don't get the lesson this time, you're going to be presented with another person at a different time, a different place, same lesson and another opportunity to get it until you get it. What, you know, and people get frustrated when they're in, you know, the spiritual sixth grade for the fourth time, but they haven't gotten the lesson. So how do you keep peace when you're in your spiritual classroom, but you still need to get that particular lesson? Well, and so you check in with your feelings and, you know, if you, if this situation makes me feel bad and I, you know, it's just like the situation in the past. And so what, you know, you look at um, what you are doing to keep that feeling in place like you've done before. And so we we can't sometimes it's hard to change our thoughts, right? Thoughts just come flying into your head. That's right. And those thoughts it can have an you know instantaneous feeling. But we can always change our actions. And so if we are um in that same old place where that, you know, I, I call it like remember the LPs with the <laughs> when I was a teenager I had one of these sorrowful songs I used to go to my room and play and and that groove got so deep because I used to play it all the time and feel sorry for myself and so I'd put the stylus on there and that stylus would just hop into that song it was so deep yeah you know? exactly <laughs> So if you feel that song playing over and over again, uh, what you can do is say, okay, 
what I'm doing now isn't working. Yes. And you can look at other ways of doing it or behaving, uh, which then leads to other thoughts, which leads to other feelings. And so the lesson is, you know, don't repeat it and repeat it and thinking that it's going to change. You know, what's the definition of neurosis, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, uh, you know, do something different. Yes. And, you know, I think a, a big piece of, of connecting to that inner abundance is trusting that, trusting yourself to uh-huh. make the next right decision and trusting life to support you in learning. That's great. Yes. And, you know, it, I I think we all have a tendency is like, um, just tell me how things are going to end up and I'll be all right. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to I know the end of the story and then I'll walk through it. <laughs> and, and you know, what's interesting about that is um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of numerology, but I once heard Caroline Mace, who is a medical intuitive. Mm-hmm. I once yes. heard her, um, you know, somebody came on the line and, to a radio show and they were asking her a question and they were telling her they went to see the psychic and the psychic told her all these things about her future. And is that true? And Caroline may says, I don't know if that's true, but I'll tell you one thing. You cannot put your future in the hands of anybody else and to listen mm-hmm. to a psychic and, and then create that life based on what you heard them say is not powerful. And I thought that was a really important point because I wonder how often do we allow other people to speak things into our lives or we speak them that then create something? And that wasn't a foretelling. That was us taking that affirmation in, agreeing to it, and then manifesting it in our behavior. And, you know, that's that's the main um, tool that oppressors use for the oppressed. Mm-hmm. So people that are oppressed... They, it's that they take on that uh, ideology See. and and play it out in 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 a way as as women um, we're we're given a strong ideology right fair uh, one ideology it's a man's world exactly right in in often the ideology is of victimhood. And uh, and so it's not that uh, someone is pointing a finger at it. It's, it's us as women that are carrying the torch. Yes, because after you've been oppressed long enough, you no longer need the, the presence of the oppressor. You continue right. that internally. That's it. That's mm. it. So we have to we have to look at those beliefs, you know, and beliefs are just thoughts that we keep thinking all the time that's either given to us or that and that we've taken on. So we have to look at those beliefs and to come full circle about your idea of trust. And that's that was a very good point is is that we're not going to know the ending and we're not going to know opportunities and challenges that come into our our lives. But if we get rid of the ideology of victimhood, of helplessness, and we take on the belief that we 
um, to trust ourselves that we will we will um, come out all right. Universe has our back. That we can um, move forward and find our joy, achieve our goals, make the connection. Uh, if those are our beliefs, then uh, we don't need to know the future. We don't. We just. We need to trust. Absolutely. Now, you know, one of the things that that brings up for me is this idea of codependency. Uh, And a lot of women experience codependency on very deep levels and really don't even know it. How do you how do you break out of that codependency trap if you find yourself in a situation where the only time you really feel valid or important or good is if you're needed excessively by other people? A lot of women have that. Like, unless I'm, I'm the manager of the universe, I'm responsible for everybody's happiness, and then they don't even have their own inner joy because they're so burnt out trying to be everything to everybody else. Well, and, and that's a very good point. And, and, again, it's the ideology that is given to women that we're, we're caretakers of the relationship. Um, you know, I, uh, I grew up in the sixties and, and my mother, you know, she said, what will the neighbors think? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, look pretty, you know, um, shut up. My, my father used to say, get that angry look off your face, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the idea that uh, we have to be pleasing. And it's pleasing to others, not pleasing to ourselves. And so as women, we have to really examine those beliefs and saying, is is that belief serving you? Because uh, we uh, take on beliefs during our lives that are given to us without even um, examining it. You know, if if that belief isn't serving us, then uh, what what can we believe that will make our life better? Oh, that's powerful. What can we believe that will make our lives better? That's good, because I think we don't I don't know that many people ask that question. Like, what can Mm -hmm. I believe in place of it? Many people are focused on let me eradicate the limiting beliefs, but you can't empty the space of a limiting belief without filling it with something else. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I see. That's exactly. powerful. And how in, in your own personal journey, having been raised in, in that time, um, how did you replace some of those limiting beliefs growing up with with more empowering beliefs? Well, the first thing I had to get rid of, um, and I love Wayne Dyer. This is the yes. one that he says all the time. And I really had to get rid of the fear of what other people will think of me. Oh, yes. And his saying is, it's none of my business what someone else thinks of me. Exactly. And and that's a powerful one because we uh, this this judgment is is does really uh, a lot of harm in our lives. We judge ourselves according to we how we think others are being judged to us. We judge ourselves on how we measure up to other people or standards that we should have. You know the should have, would have, and could haves in life um, are all judgment. Right. That's right. And so really, but yeah, Wayne Dyer is is, is powerful. And, um, but 
getting, you know, and I think it's very challenging for women today who not only are expected to be pleasing from the sense of how they look, but also, you know, academically pleasing and career wise pleasing. And so, you know, in the boardroom, still wearing the high heels and dressing nice and then making the money too and raising the kids. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense to me that all of these, ex- like, even though times are different and, and women have many more opportunities academically and professionally, we're still in that pleasing mentality to a great extent. And now it's bigger because you've got all of these other things on the plate. Oh, exactly. In the seventies, they had a commercial called the Anjali woman. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I bring home the bacon. Fry <laughs> <laughs> it up in a pan. And all the time I'm out to please my man. Yes, you know, something. so <laughs> that's that's the Anjali woman. That's that's the vision that we are fed, and uh, so I I think that the real key is to be kind to yourself. You know, I I was telling Deb the other day she was beating herself up about something, and I turned to Deb and I said, Deb, be nice to my friend Deb. That's right. And and we've got to be kinder to ourselves. We let ourselves off the hook. It's all right. We're we're good and we're wonderful just where we are, the way we are. Exactly. And you know, um, talk to me a little bit about. I mean, I know you've got connecting to inner abundance, but talk to me a little bit about the the new book that you and Deb are working on. And and I know Deb had mentioned things about the workshops, but if there are women listening and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I really, I need help with this, like more than just listening to today's episode, how can they reach out to you? Well, we we're really interested in in talking with women and and creating a community. Um, We we have our website, SedonaSolutions.com, and um, we'll we'll be be building a community with blogs uh, and webinars, uh, and I think that's the connection that's going to really help women feel good too. It's not just the ideas, it's it's connecting the ideas with other women, with their lives, and, and that's where our focus is going to. But uh, both Deb and I can be reached personally through uh, the website and our email, and really happy to hear from, from um, people. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I think Sedona's Solutions, you know, dot com is a great website and the book is great. And now you've got another book that you're working on. Yes. In the, this next book, we had a working title. It's it's called Get Naked, Ooh. Helping Women Strip Limiting Beliefs. And, uh, a lot of things that we talked about today will also be in the book um, in uh, for and we. With our formula, with our Sedona Solution books, is to present ideas and then have practices at the end of each chapter and have exercises in the middle. So we always want to uh, apply them to life. Um, and and so, uh, for example, we're going to have one uh, chapter on um, mindsets. And uh, so 
Well, we're going to ask women in an exercise um, to evaluate uh, where they think they are at this point in time on a continuum and, and have a set of um, bipolar words like, um, my life is always full of struggle mm-hmm. on one polar end or my life is um, enriched by play on another bipolar end. And so, uh, first of all, before we change mindsets, uh, we have to realize where we're at. And so this is a self-reflective exercise, right? Um, Expecting more from others, expecting less from others, you know, waiting for others to give to us or or giving to others first and and just all these bipolar concepts where you can kind of click where you are off on the continuum uh, and then look at a picture of what how that is directing your life mm, that's powerful and just because you've got to you've got to begin with where you are before uh-huh. you can get to where you want to go that's correct yeah and you know the my final question is going to be about really connecting to that inner abundance because one of the biggest things that you talk about is really loving the self and uh-huh. and and loving ourselves enough to sort of release the need to control everything and everyone but be fully present with who we are and what we're capable of. I think that is something that so often when we're dealing with inadequacies within ourselves or feelings of shame and guilt and all of and regret we try to grasp and control everybody else so we don't have to get naked and deal with what's really going on on the inside. What are a few steps that women can take to begin to get comfortable with the idea of getting naked? Because a lot of us don't want to do that. Like we want to be fixed, which fixing is another problem. We could spend a whole episode on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're wonderful just as we are. But a lot of us just want the we want the answer so we can fix it. And that's not really what getting naked is about. So where do we begin to get comfortable with getting naked so we can change those limiting beliefs? Well, I, I think it begins with our emotions and and so and our focus. So when we feel like things need to be fixed or this this place I'm in is bad, I want to get to a better place. And so when you focus on bad, it'll stay in bad. If if you focus on I need to be fixed, you're focusing on lack. Right. Yes. and so let's let's look at our emotions. And so I'm I'm suggesting to shift our emotions by shifting our 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 thoughts about it. So um, and a lot of that has to do with language. You know, I'm that's that's my field is is communication. And so let's let's look at the language we put in our head and um, try to you. Know, elicit emotions that maybe that we don't feel the situation calls for, but to think about emotions that make us feel better. And I I have an exercise that I'm working on is to have you name words that uh, focus on feelings that you want. So name a word that gives you a a feeling that you want to have. Powerful. 
powerful, okay? And so you might not feel powerful right now, but you start naming these words, powerful, joy, elation, excitement, contentment, and, and keep putting these words in your head, and that will soften your emotions, that will shift it like, like spin it around in the other direction um, so that you uh, can start when you feel better, when you're more at ease, you notice more, you're more mindful, you're more receptive to joy. And it's, it's about softening the harsh emotions to let the, the emotions that make you feel better come in and, and doing that with the words that you put in your head to open up your focus. Mm, powerful. I can't wait to, to see the second book because I think that is so, getting naked is what we really need to do, but oftentimes the thing we really need to do is the thing we resist most doing. So that is going to be an, an interesting book. And, and I would say to everybody who's listening on iTunes, be sure that you check out SedonaSolutions.com. It is an amazing program. Linda and Deb really are getting to the heart of what it means to get back to us as women, as individuals, how to be more of who we really are, not how to be quote unquote better or how to be somebody else, but how to be more of who we really are. Dr. Linda, thank you for the time that you took today. I'm going to put the website and all of the information in the show notes so everybody can download it, but definitely go to Sedona Social Solutions. Thank you, Linda. Well, what did you think of that? Aren't th I mean, I love talking about how women can be more empowered to be themselves, to speak their truth, to live their lives on their own terms. And you know what? To be happy on the journey, not waiting for some destination, not waiting to be perfect or to be better or to have more. I love the message of Sedona Solutions. So be sure that you check out the work of Dr. Deb and Dr. Linda, because what they're doing, especially with having face-to-face -face workshops, that is going to be amazing. And it is amazing work. Well, let me just tell you something. I would love to connect with you on things other than a podcast where I'm talking one way and I can't hear back from you. So find me on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Cassandra Bibas. That's K-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-B-I-B-A-S. -S -S -A -A That's two Bs. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Cassandra Bibas. And guess what? For all those entrepreneurs out there who are feeling fear and the fear is taking over and you are delayed doing things in your business, like setting up the shopping cart or, you know, writing blog posts consistency consistently, or you're holding off on creating that product, that digital course that you know would be awesome and that people would love and learn from. If you are doing any of the kind of seesawing back and forth and not making clear decisions and not being decisive, if you find yourself in your business, not taking massive daily action, what I call MDAs. Guess what? You need to be in my class because I am teaching a five-week online video-based training program called Lose Your Fear, Build Your Business. Because at the end of the day, I have coached thousands of people. And what I've discovered is that it's not limiting beliefs that hold people back. It's not lack of resources that holds people back. It's the fear inside of people that is holding them back, especially in entrepreneurship.
So if you're an entrepreneur or you know an entrepreneur who is brilliant, they've got a great vision and a great mission and so many wonderful things to offer the world, but they are being pinned in a corner by their fears. Tell them about this course. You can visit the website at loseyourfearbuildyourbusiness.com. You can even try the first week for free. So first week free out of a five-week course, that's kind of an awesome deal. So go to Lose your fear, buildyourbusiness.com and sign up today. The price is now super low. It will not be, um, after, you know, a couple weeks. So be sure that you go there, you check it out and you will know if it's for you. So I don't have to say anything else. When I have signed up to any mentoring program or entrepreneurship training program, and I've spent literally thousands of dollars and will continue to spend thousands of dollars a year on my development as an entrepreneur. I knew the program was for me probably well before I ever signed up for it. So if you go to loseyourfearbuildyourbusiness.com, you'll know if I'm your teacher and you'll know if this is for you. And I would just say, don't miss out. If your fear is standing in between you and your greatest level of success in business, it is time to learn how to turn your fear into fuel. You can do it. And I'd love to help. All right, lose your fear, buildyourbusiness.com. I will talk to you next episode.